Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome listeners, and thanks for joining us on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. In this episode, like our last one, we'll be hanging out in the world of unidentified flying objects as we present you three of the best UFO cases from France. You'll hear about the incident dubbed Francis Roswell that indicated a close encounter of the third kind. What did the eyewitness see? The case where scorch marks left by a UFO were documented and intensely analyzed by French authorities. What did they find? And the occasion when a biologist and his wife observed an unidentified shiny metallic object hover for 20 minutes over their garden. What did it do there? In this new episode, we're introducing you to some of the best UFO cases that France has to offer. But before we start, don't forget about the Paranormal Factor Podcast Facebook page. Every single day, Monday through Friday, there is new paranormal and supernatural material for you to check out. Fans of the show know it's the best place to find monsters, quizzes, film, TV, and book recommendations, and current paranormal news stories from around the world. And don't forget to check out the show notes after listening to our episodes. They contain resources if you desire to look further into any of our topics with recommended books and videos to watch. Now, on to our episode. Uh, but before we start, l let me apologize up front for any French mispronunciations. While I can speak a little bit of German and Spanish and have no problem with Italian, French, well, that's a little bit more difficult, but I'll do my best. In November 2021, a UFO frenzy erupted in France after dozens of witnesses in multiple cities across the country saw the same mysterious glowing object on the same night. The sighting took place as witnesses across at least seven different cities uploaded footage of the same bright tic-tac-shaped object. The cylindrical UFO that appeared orange and glowing appeared to be moving along the Mediterranean coast in the south of France. However, the sighting has left experts baffled, and no one really has been able to explain what it was, or is. Even meteorologists at local weather services were left puzzled by the footage. The footage even appeared on several French TV news channels, including LCI and TF1. Discussing the footage, pundits on LCI debated whether the UFO was an alien, satellite, a drone, or maybe a laser. Footage recorded in the Heridair near Montelay shows an object spinning in a straight line, stopping, and turning three times on itself before zipping away again. Viewers claim the incredible turns and speed of the object, which appeared to somersault through the air, prove it's not a balloon, nor a plane, and definitely not a satellite. Witnesses can be heard reacting in astonishment at the bizarre object in the night sky. In one clip filmed in Kunanun Taral, a man is watching the shining object from inside his car and appears to have pulled over to film it as the object rotates slowly. In another clip, the alleged UFO is flying in the skies above Palave Le Flo, 
and a man and woman are watching in amazement as it hovers above rooftops. Others compare the object to the Tic Tac UFO, which was spotted in a confirmed sighting by the U.S. Air Force in 2004. However, users have also urged JEPAN, the Study and Information Group on Unidentified Aerospace Phenomena, to investigate the videos. JEPAN is a unit of the French Space Agency established in 1977 within the National Center for Space Studies in Toulouse, the French counterpart of NASA. Its mission is to investigate unidentified aerospace phenomena. The corresponding French acronym for UFO is OVNI. It stands for Object Volant Non Identifié. In translation, Object Flying Not Identified. Much like the United Kingdom, France has a long history of UFO sightings going back in time, even to the Middle Ages. But cases really grew in volume starting in the 1950s, much as they did in the United States, and some of them involve alleged alien encounters. In the year 776, a flying object was sighted during the siege of the castle Sigiburg. The Saxons surrounded and besieged the French. They were fighting when suddenly a group of discs appeared flying over the roof of the church. It appeared to the Saxons as if the French were protected by these objects. They fled and retreated from battle. In 815 Lyon, the Carolon Gion Bishop Agobard of Lyon described a certain region called Majonia, from whence come ships in the clouds and how he prevented the stoning death of three men and women who said they had fallen from these same ships. In 842, there was a sighting of a UFO above the French city of Angers. There is also an illustration that shows the sighting of the time. In 1338, France was the sighting of a huge spherical UFO. Moving to more modern times, on October 17, 1952, at Oloron Saint-Marie, Many people saw a cigar-shaped UFO accompanied by 30 disc-shaped objects. These smaller UFOs dropped a white cotton-like substance, which covered tree branches and roofs. Some French skeptics thought the UFOs were an optical phenomenon caused by the refraction of the sun's rays, and the cotton was caused by a migration of field spiders. In 1954, a wave of UFO sightings occurred across France. Many of these sightings were associated with encounters with small, dwarfish, humanoid-type creatures. Forty-six creature reports in France occurred between September the 10th to October 27th in 1954 alone. From this number, many were dwarf-like beings and frequently a light beam was sighted and witnesses would become temporarily paralyzed. September 10th, Charobla. A metal worker came out of his house as a dog was barking and saw a dark object on the railroad tracks. He then saw two dwarfs walking toward it. When he tried to stop them, he was paralyzed by a strong orange light beam. The creatures were under one meter tall, bulky, and wore dark diving suits. The beings boarded a UFO and flew into the sky. The case received notable media attention. September 17th, Sinan. Yves David met a being in a diving suit who made friendly gestures and had a voice inhuman and incomprehensible. The witness could not move during the encounter. He saw the creature enter an object on the road, and it took off like lightning, throwing a greenish light. September 28th, Bouzet. A winemaker observed that someone had stolen grapes from his vineyard. He decided to stay late and catch the thief. 
He was amazed when he saw a luminous mass fall from the sky about 50 meters away and found himself paralyzed as three figures emerged from the light. He lost consciousness. October the 11th, Sazier. Two men who were driving felt an electric shock as the car headlights died. They then saw a craft in a pasture 50 meters away. It was cylindrical and thick, and three dwarfs were standing close by. No light was seen except a reddish glow. Both witnesses were paralyzed until the craft left. A third witness had seen a lighted object fly over the woods at La Carie. October 16th, Balolet. Dr. Robert, while driving, saw four objects at low altitude flying slowly in level formation. Suddenly, one dropped to the ground with a falling leaf-like motion about 200 feet away. The doctor felt an electric shock as his car's engine and headlights died. Incapable of moving, Dr. Robert saw a small figure moving in the light of the object. Then, everything went dark. When the object left the area later, the headlights resumed operation by themselves. In late September 1965, at the harbor of Fort de France, at 9.15 p.m., several hundred witnesses saw a ball or disk of light in the sky. It moved slowly from west to east and then looped around, leaving a glowing tail. It disappeared at 9.50 p.m., reported by Michel Fillat, first helmsman of the French fleet of the Mediterranean. August 29, 1967, Cusack Cantel, two young children, a brother and sister, stated they had been witnesses of a meeting with a UFO and its occupants. On November the 5th, 1976, Rive, Dr. S., a French physicist, saw a luminous disk moving in the sky while driving home toward Grenoble. It was brighter than the full moon, he said, and slightly flattened. Due to its movement between mountains, it's possible to estimate its distance between 5.6 and 22.4 miles away. The same phenomenon was seen by several people on a straight line over 160 miles from Clermont-Ferron to Grenoble. From this, it's possible to estimate it was moving at an altitude of 1,500 to 2,500 feet. June 19, 1978, Giron. Several people witnessed a UFO which tripped off the city lights of Gujan mestras The case was investigated by the local police. While many of these encounters are remarkable in their accounts, there are three cases in particular that sit atop the long list of UFO sightings and purported alien encounters of France. And now, it's time to take a look at those. As we've noted, sightings of UFOs have been occurring in France for a very long time. However, there are three cases that are remarkable in their particulars. They set the gold standard for UFO encounters in France. Valençol, Alpe de Hout, Province, France, July 1965. Near the French village of Valençol, farmer Maurice Mas was smoking a cigarette just before starting work at 5.45 a.m. on July the 1st, 1965, when an object came out of the sky and landed in a lavender field 200 feet away. Annoyed and assuming a helicopter had made an unauthorized landing, he walked toward it. However, he soon saw it was no helicopter, but an oval-shaped structure resting on four legs. In front of it stood two figures, not quite four feet tall, dressed in tight gray-green clothing. Their heads were oversized and with sharp chins. 
their eyes large and slanted, and they were making a grumbling noise. The French farmer said he was left paralyzed when one of the beings pointed a cylindrical instrument at him. Mass said he watched the beings looking at plants and making grunting sounds until they returned to the vehicle. The pair then flew away after the brief inspection of the surroundings. In its wake, the object left a deep hole and a moist area that soon hardened like concrete. Plants in the vicinity decayed, and analysis found a higher amount of calcium at the landing site than elsewhere. The Valensol case is considered one of the classic UFO reports. Investigations by official and civilian agencies confirm Mass's sincerity and good character. Laboratory study of the affected soil and plants confirmed the occurrence of an unusual event. Subsequently, Mass confided that in the course of the encounter, he experienced some sort of communication with the entities. According to his wife, Mass said he considered his encounter a spiritual experience. He looked upon the site as hallowed ground that should be kept in his family forever. Ufologists consider Mass's claims significant and cite landing gear impressions found in the soil. Dubbed Francis Roswell by the Dauphine newspaper, this sighting by Maurice Mass constitutes a close encounter of the third kind. Encounters where witnesses spot physical beings were considered the most important by Dr. J. Allen Hynek of U.S. Air Force Project Blue Book. Trois-en-Provence, Var, France, January 1981. On January the 8th, 1981, Renato Nicolai observed a saucer-shaped UFO land on his property. The actual sighting was brief, but its effects on the environment were the key aspects of this event. The 52-year-old technician was outside working on an upper-level terraced portion of his property at about 5 p.m. when he heard a whistling sound to the east. Turning, he observed an object resembling a somewhat bulging disc like two plates glued to each other by the rim with a central ring. The disc passed over two trees adjacent to Nikolai's garden, descended, and abruptly landed about 50 yards away. Because his property was elevated, the object was blocked from his view, so Nikolai sought a vantage point near a small outbuilding where he could look down on the object. After some seconds on the ground, the object ascended, kicking up some dust, and retraced its incoming flight path, once again emitting a low whistle, and disappeared to the east. As it flew away, Nikolai saw two round protrusions on the underside like landing gear, and two circular areas that looked like trap doors. The total elapsed time was just 30 to 40 seconds. Nikolai went to inspect the landing site and found a circle about six and a half feet in diameter with tracks or traces at certain spots of the circumference. Thinking it was a military experimental device, Nikolai notified the local police on the following day. The police interviewed him and collected soil and plant samples from the landing site within 24 hours of the occurrence. They notified Japan four days later as part of a cooperative agreement for UFO investigation between the two agencies. Further collection of samples and measurements of the site were taken by the Japan team. The samples were analyzed by several government laboratories, and they noted extensive evidence of unusual activity. Their investigation also included an assessment of the witness, a check of atmospheric conditions at the time of the encounter, and air traffic on the day in question. Japan, in connection with the police, continued its investigation over the course of the next two years. No terrestrial or mundane cause for the event could be discovered, 
when the final report was released, it reached the following conclusions. Evidence indicated a strong mechanical pressure on the ground surface, probably due to a heavy weight of about four to five tons. At the same time, or immediately after this pressure, the soil was heated up to between 600 and 1100 degrees Fahrenheit. Trace quantities were found of phosphate and zinc. Biochemical analysis showed numerous differences between vegetation samples obtained close to the site and those more distant. The chlorophyll pigment in the leaf samples was weakened from 30 to 50 percent. The young leaves withstood the most serious losses, evolving toward the content and composition more characteristic of old leaves. In other words, the leaves aged significantly. While nuclear irradiation was ruled out, a specific intensification of the transformation of chlorophyll could be tied to the action of an electric energy field. The report concluded, we cannot give a precise and unique interpretation to this remarkable combination of results. We can state there is, nonetheless, another confirmation of a very significant event that happened on this spot. The case is considered remarkable because of scorch marks left by the craft. No definitive explanation for the incident has ever been given. Decades later, retired French police confirmed they believed the case remained of the utmost importance. Nancy, Grand S, France, October 1982. According to an investigation by Japon, a biologist identified as Monsieur Henri and his wife observed an unidentified flying object hovering over their garden. What makes this case unusual is the event occurred in the middle of a highly built-up residential neighborhood in the middle of the day. On October the 21st, 1982, at 12.30 p.m., an oval object descended into their garden and hovered above the ground. Although the object had taken him by surprise, the speed was relatively calm as it continued to descend. Thinking it would pass over him, Henri eventually backed away slightly as the object appeared to head straight toward him. Then it stopped, hovering about three feet above the ground. From this angle, he could clearly see the oval, disc-like shape of the craft. He would later describe it as having a metallic appearance similar to polished beryllium. The upper half appeared to have a blue-green color to it. As he stood staring at the hovering object, he noted how it remained completely silent. He also couldn't feel any excess heat or any apparent effects of radiation. As he walked around various points of the object's underside, he watched intently, studying the craft as closely as he could. He described it as two lids on top of one another, essentially a flying saucer or a disc. He noted the top was not quite vapor and had a plexiglass look to it, and the colors and activity inside appeared to be something very special and unknown. Although he was not certain what the material was, it appeared strong but lightweight at the same time. There also appeared to be no obvious seams or connections between the upper half and the lower one. It was as if the entire object was somehow made from one piece of material. Henri attempted to photograph the craft, but found his camera had jammed. After a full 20 minutes, the object took off silently into the sky. It rose straight up into the air and continued upwards in a direct straight line until out of sight. Henri noted the craft moved at a speed and trajectory impossible for man-made aircraft. Henri reported that when the UFO rose up, the grass under it stood up straight. 
yet no other plant or flower appeared to move at all, suggesting the movement of the grass was not wind, but something directly connected to the object above it. Later, investigators attempted to recreate the effect in laboratory conditions. They discovered very intense electric fields were successful in achieving the same effect. In the afternoon, Andre noted two amaranth plants located near the UFO had withered leaves. Furthermore, some of the fruit in the immediate vicinity of where the craft hovered had completely cooked. He called the police, who made an inspection of the garden and took some samples of the amaranth plants. The analysis of the samples made by Japon found the plants had been dehydrated and there was no evidence of radiation. But the hydration was only at a mid-air level. The roots of the plants were perfectly healthy. Both the police and Japon investigated Henri as well. They would find the witness to be credible and authentic in the extreme. Every piece of checkable information would correspond to his version of events, right down to the weather conditions that day. His desire for anonymity further suggested a person who had no interest of obtaining fame through speaking publicly of his encounter. He also had shown little to no interest in UFOs or science fiction in general. His interests mainly revolved around his job and spending time in his garden. In short, as the report would sum up, there was no reasonable evidence to reject the testimony of Monsieur Henri. Ultimately, the identity of the saucer-shaped craft remains unknown, as does the reason for the sudden appearance over residential France in the middle of the day. Compelling cases, to be sure. Many other sightings are easily explained, so these kind of encounters definitely stand out from the ordinary prosaic reports that are filed by the thousands worldwide every year. During the stormy night of September the 15th, 2021, Montpellier residents noticed another strange light in the sky above their city. However, television station France 3 later reported the lights were coming from projectors near a performance hall where the campus Creative Artists Educational Collective was carrying out rehearsals. Other OVNI UFO sightings can be explained even more simply. In 2022, observers reported balls of light flying in clusters above their home. A search of Google Maps and a phone call to the local village hall quickly identified them as clusters of illuminated balloons that had been released to celebrate a wedding. Other reports can be put down to sightings of satellites. There are, after all, as many as 7,500 in orbit. Many of them launch from France's space center at the Kourou spaceport in French Guiana. And of course, there are plenty of mistaken sightings from the orbiting International Space Station, aircraft vapor trails, and saucer-shaped cloud formations. But according to Roger Baldacino, every reported sighting is taken seriously and investigated thoroughly by Japan. According to Japan, thousands of cases have been investigated by the agency, with nearly 3,000 in 2020 alone. Of those, 672 were perfectly identified. 1,176 were probably identified. 976 remained unidentified due to lack of data. And only 99 remained as unexplained cases. That's just 3.3%. We had a case where they were reflections of Christmas tree decorations, Botticino says. Some people come and say, I saw a spaceship. We understand that they can say that. Our job is to explain the strangeness. 
The Taranton province UFO observation lasted under a minute. However, in that minute, information was gained by an alert witness. Details were then extracted by focused and experienced investigators, allowing an analyst to form and validate hypotheses about the nature of the object. The French government's UFO study group, Japan, performed a study in 1978 of cases going back to the 1960s. Out of thousands of cases, the bulk of work was devoted to 11 cases of high credibility. The 11 cases were studied in great detail. Only one proved to have a conventional explanation. In the other 10, it appeared the distance between the witnesses and the objects were on average less than 800 feet. In 10 of the 11 cases, the conclusion was that the witnesses had observed a material phenomenon that could not be explained as a natural phenomenon or a human device. One of the conclusions of the final report is that behind the overall phenomenon, there is a flying machine whose modes of fuel and propulsion are beyond our knowledge. Postscript. So what happens when you combine proud provincial winemakers with a penchant for passing laws and a bout of pre-space age UFO hysteria? Well, the local mayor of Chateauneuf-du-Pape, Lucien Jin, and the village council sprang into action to protect their vineyards after a rash of UFO sightings in France in 1952. They quickly passed a municipal decree to keep aliens out of the local skies and the vineyards. Even overflights were banned. Article 1. The overflight, landing, and takeoff of aircraft known as flying saucers or flying cigars, whatever their nationality is, are prohibited on the territory of the community. Article 2. Any aircraft known as a flying saucer or flying cigar, which should land on the territory of the community, will be immediately held in custody. Article 3. The forest officer and the city policeman are in charge, each one in what relates to him, of the execution of this decree. Well, whether the mayor was actually serious about the law or seeking some free advertising for his region's wine, a result that definitely followed, you can say this. The law worked. Chateauneuf-du-Pape has been flying saucer, flying cigar, and alien-free ever since. At least as far as anyone knows. Well, next week, we'll be looking into true stories of firefighters having ghostly encounters on the job. It's long been known that first responders like law enforcement, paramedics and EMTs, and firefighters have an unusually high rate of paranormal experiences in the course of their work. In our next episode, we're going to share with you some actual accounts of firefighters encountering the supernatural. You don't want to miss these eerie and frightening ghost stories, so join us next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. That's right. It is quiz time. Here is your question. When was Chicago's bat creature first seen? Was it A, 1947, B, 1976, C, 1994, or D, 2011? Once again, when was Chicago's bat creature first seen? Was it 1947, 1976, 1994, or 2011? And the answer is... D. 2011. A winged, bat-like humanoid creature made its presence known with sightings in the city of Chicago back in 2011. And the sightings seemed to spike each summer. 
That could be a big problem, as it seems whatever showed up in 2011 has decided to stay. Sightings of the bat creature were reported throughout Chicago in 2017, when several high-profile and terrifying encounters occurred. By the second week in August 2017, there had been nearly 30 sightings of a large flying humanoid in the Chicago area. That, according to Lon Strickler, who has been tracking reports on his website, Phantoms and Monsters, and for the singular Fortean Society. Stickler started hearing stories about a winged creature in Chicago in 2011 when he received three reports. Most of the sightings in 2017 occurred near Lake Michigan. And the sightings have continued since. The cryptid is reported to look very much like a giant bat, but also with humanoid features. Well, there have been enough witnesses of the Chicago bat creature to warrant further investigation, so we'll have an entire episode on this scary entity later this year on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>